Let's go handheld instead. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Hasn't it been a great night? See all the uh, yeah, young people and a few of the old people as well um, getting ba- baptized tonight. No, I think, it, I think it just shows that, that God reaches everyone, you know? God, you know, as a church, we should be reaching everyone. Now, I've got a few announcements here tonight. Are they going to come up? They're on the back. But um, anyway, there's a, yeah, so we've got a week of prayer. It started today. Um, now, we're, we're praying about a, uh, a partnership with Hertford Street. Now, Hertford Street's a, a Baptist church over in Mount Gravatt, for those of you who who've come here for the first time. So we're praying about a partnership, and uh, if, if you're a member or if you're a person got, that belongs to this church, please grab one of these booklets. It goes through um, a daily prayer, and, uh, and we're keen for feedback as well um, to whether we should partner with this church or, or not. Um, I think that's all the announcements there. Didn't the girls do a good job reading the Bible? Now... If you haven't been here before, which I know there's a few visitors here tonight, we get, we've been going through a sermon series through the Gospel of John. Now, it's, it's been in line with what our focus this year as a church has been. Our focus this year has been working with God. So we've been looking through John, and we, we've come here tonight to John chapter 6. Now, the 11 verses that was read, a, read out to us, we're going to look at three parts of those verses. Firstly, the disciples found some of these things Jesus was teaching hard to understand. And Jesus knows this, so he will provide clarification for what he is teaching. And finally, we're going to look at the response that the disciples had to the hard teaching that was in the pre- in the earlier in the chapter. And while looking at these three parts, I want, to, I want you to place yourself in the story. I want you to look at what your response would be if you're in that story. I want you to look at sort of what your response is to hard teaching. Let's pray. Dear God, we just, we just thank you for time. Lord, we thank you for the, for the way you work in our lives and the way you've worked in the lives of those who got baptized tonight. Lord, we just, just thank you for your word and thank you that we can study it and we can try and understand it. Lord, as we, as we look at our response and, and what's it going to be, tonight through through what some of the disciples responded to your teaching we ask that you just help us to understand these words and understand what you want our response to be amen now let me draw you a picture of where we are in john because a lot happens in john chapter 6 now for at least some or possibly all of what was said from verse 25 onwards is done in a church building in in Capernaum or a synagogue which is a town on the sea of galilee now, there would have been a decent amount of people there listening to what Jesus was saying and asking questions to Jesus. And it's quite likely, because earlier in that chapter, they were over the other side, of the other side of the sea, and Jesus was performing miracles. Have you guys heard of the, the feeding of the 5,000? This happened just before this story. Jesus fed with five, five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, after this, Jesus snuck away into to Capernaum, and some of these people followed him there. And it's here where Jesus teaches some hard things. He gets, some, gets into some meaty spiritual stuff. And what's, what makes some of this teaching hard for them to understand, and even hard for us to understand, is that he's, he's trying to, well, he's using metaphors. 
So we, we can sometimes take it literally, but he's using metaphors in these. Let's take a quick look to what he was teaching. He was teaching that you should not work for food that spoils, but food that endures to eternal life. So the work of God is to believe in the one he has sent. He declared that, that he was the bread of life. And because he was the bread, if we go to him, we will never be hungry or thirsty. And unless we eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, we won't have eternal life. Now these metaphors that he uses to teach us spiritual truths, he's not teaching us physical things. So when he speaks of working for food that spoils, he's actually teaching them to believe in him. And then in, the, in there, they're asking for a sign as well. So when he says that he is the bread of life, I am the sign that you are looking for. He's referencing to something they should understand. And from Exodus 16, when God rained down manna from heaven, manna which was bread, this bread sustained God's people in the wilderness for 40 years. And Jesus was sent from heaven to provide life. If you believe in me, you will have eternal life. Jesus is trying to teach them here why he came. His purpose. The disciples found this hard to understand. This is why they said this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Are you still thinking about what your response would be? Are you still thinking to how you would respond to some of these, some of these things Jesus said? Now, it's quite... Well, have you, have you ever learned something in your life that... That was hard, that you previously thought hard to understand. We should have all gone through something that was hard to understand before, but now you, understand, now you know what it is. For example, like a mass equation. We've all gone through school, experienced difficult mass equations. I remember looking at mass, um, some mass, mass that my, um, my older sister was doing. And you look at the symbols and the equations and, and that sort of thing. It looks confusing. You go, what is that? It's gibberish. But when you get to that grade and they teach you what those symbols means and what it understands, you can work it out. It's easy, it's easy to do it then. It's the same thing here when, teach, when Jesus teaches these hard things. We, we, have to, we have to learn about these things. They may look foreign at the start, but you can learn how to understand what Jesus is teaching. Now, you'll find Jesus throughout the Bible that when he's teaching and speaking, quite a lot of what he says is difficult to understand, especially at first glance. But what he says is incredibly powerful. Once you can understand it, you'll find there will be life-changing words. Jesus, when speaking to his disciples, knew by the Holy Spirit that they would not understand this. Before he even taught in John 6, he could understand, he knew that they wouldn't understand it. So he provided some clarification to what he just taught. He said, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. What Jesus is saying is that I'm teaching you is spiritual, even though he uses some physical things to explain it. And yet, 
He says, yet there are some of you who do not believe. How are you meant to understand spiritual things if you don't, under, if you don't believe in a spiritual world? Everyone who is baptized tonight, believe and trust in Jesus. They don't understand everything now, but they believe that they, can, that they will learn. They'll learn to understand these things that was written down in the Bible for us. And through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they can understand these things. And with the church around them, they can understand these truths, these hard teachings. Now we can see from verses 66 to 69 that there are two different responses that the disciples had to these teaching. They either walked away from Jesus, giving up and no longer following him, or like Peter responded on behalf of the 12 disciples, they stayed. They kept following him. They didn't understand everything, but they believed in Jesus. Let's look at the disciples who walked away. Jesus asked them a question. He asked, does this offend you? Does what I'm teaching offend you? So it's quite likely that they were offended with what, what he said. It was probably, probably most likely the section where he says about eating Jesus's, eating my flesh and drinking my blood. Because, because that was, was forbidden. Forbidden in Jewish custom. Well, it's forbidden now to eat flesh. But to drink blood, we all like a, a medium, medium steak every now and then with a little bit of blood in it. Yeah? Jews, they wouldn't do that. It had to be fully cooked. So the fact that it's any sort of blood that, that Jesus, who's meant to be the Messiah, these guys are following him that Jesus is saying to drink his blood, they're just, I can't believe this. I just can't. There could, be, there could have been many other reasons why the disciples there didn't believe as well. Charles Spurgeon outlined seven reasons why people walk away from their faith. Number one, he says, some don't like the teaching or commandments in the Bible. Some frightened by the prospects of persecution or ridicule. Some think they're missing out on a good life by following Jesus and prefer to live for the pleasures now and forget about eternity. Some allow trials or difficulties to grow into disappointments with Jesus. Perhaps he hasn't answered prayer in the way they wanted to, and so they will give up thinking it doesn't work. Some get busy with other things that crowd out time for Jesus. People drift from Christ through careers, social life, games, and many other distractions. Some undisciplined and lazy in spiritual practices. And so they grow cold to Jesus. It could be a major sin that they prefer to repentance. And all who walk away fail to grasp the supremacy and excellence of Christ. He is the only way and he alone has the, has the words of eternal life. Someone in this room most likely knows someone who's used one of those, who's responded in, in one of those ways, one of those sevens, seven ways. I know somebody 
Well, I know a few people who have responded in some of those ways. There's probably, you may be here tonight and you've used one of those excuses at, at one stage of your life and then God's brought you back. But, but what about Peter and, and Jesus' 12 disciples? How did they respond? It says that, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe you and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now that is the response. Not the re response of someone who knows everything about Jesus, but that's the response of someone who knows not too much, but puts their trust in Jesus. Jesus has obviously changed their lives. Let's have a little look into the response. Now Peter starts with Lord. So Peter clearly respects Jesus. Then he moves on to saying, to, to whom shall we go? He's literally saying, why would, you, why would we leave you when you speak in a way that is mind-blowing about eternal life? We're not going to leave you because we trust and know that you are God. No. It's very good to note and take, take response that thinking about the response, that nobody here responds with, I understand completely. Nobody here responds with, I understand completely. I know exactly what you're saying, Jesus. Do you trust in Jesus and follow where he leads you? Or do you face hard teaching? When you face hard teaching, do you turn away? What would, what would be your response? Think about it. What would be your response? Maybe you've already experienced some hard teaching. How did you respond? In conclusion, as, as we look at the three parts tonight, the disciples found some of these teachings, some of these things that Jesus was teaching, hard to understand. And Jesus knew that, so he provided the clarification for what he is teaching. And finally, we looked at the response of the disciples had to the hard teaching. While we looked at those, were you thinking about how you would have responded to those? How do you respond to the hard teaching that Jesus teaches you right now? How do you respond? I'm going to give you a minute to, to think about it and just spend a little bit of time with God and think about how do I respond to your teaching, Lord? So if you want to bow your heads, don't bow them. Do whatever you do. And just, just have a bit of time with God and just and try and work out how you respond. Do you leave God and forsake him when life gets too busy? When you have assignments, do you forget God? When family life gets too hard, do you forget God? Do you leave him? Do you put him on the back burner? Or do you stay connected? Do you keep going?
That's the question I think God wants you to hear tonight. What do you do when he tells you things? Do you leave him or do you stay connected with him? Dear God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the baptisms tonight. Lord, we thank you for the faith that they have in you. The way that they came up here and shared their testimony, how you've changed their lives, how you've directed them. Lord, we ask that you would just, as, as they go out into the week, that maybe there'll be some hard lessons this, this coming week or, or in, definitely in the coming future, that you would just keep us, keep them on the track and keep us on the track, keep us focused on you, Lord. Keep us connected with you so that when we do face some hard teaching or we, we read the Bible and there's something that we can't understand, that you just help us and guide us through that. Amen.